This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Hi all, it's Alice, your host of Weekly Woman presented by Jubilance for PMS. Today on the podcast, we're chatting with Isabella Ridinger. She founded Bleed the North, a youth-led nonprofit organization committed to ending period poverty and stigma by providing menstrual products to people in need across Ontario and Greater Canada. Not only have they distributed over 85,000 products to menstruators in need, they also recently sent period products to Ukraine because women there still need period products, something that we don't normally see in donations. So amazing. Um, And we'll be chatting with Isabella right after this message from our sponsor. We have a special coupon just for you, our listeners of the podcast. You can get your first bottle of Jubilance for PMS for only $19.95 when you subscribe with the code WEEKLYWOMAN, no space. If you're ready to stop feeling anxious and irritable before your period, give it a try. Again, the code is WEEKLYWOMAN with no space for the promo code. And head over to Jubilance.com and try it now. Well, welcome, Isabella Ridinger. Um, We are so excited to have you on the podcast. Isabella has created Bleed the North, which was formerly Period Ontario, and we are so excited to have you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here, um, and I can't wait to chat more about myself and Bleed the North today. Amazing. So I just have some like fun questions to get started. Um, So uh, where are you living now? So are you in Toronto? Um, I'm currently living in Kingston, Ontario, which is about three hours away from Toronto. I am in uh, my second year of studies at Queen's University. So I'm kind of doing part-time between being in Kingston and then also spending some time at home um, near Toronto. Oh, that's so nice. Um, What are you studying? Um, I am a political studies major and a film and media minor. Oh my God, that's amazing. Two very cool and very different things, but I guess you can marry them together. That's my that's my goal. Um, we'll see. I didn't necessarily anticipate being a film minor, but then I just love movies. And so I figured I might as well be getting graded for it. Yeah, that's so cool. My two sisters both studied film um, and just one of them is in that industry oh, now, really? but um, but they love it. That's awesome. Yeah, Definitely lots of fun. That's so cool. And so um, how did you start to get in get into period the group? Yeah, so it was something that I kind of had my eye on ever since I learned about period poverty and period stigma. Um, and, and these were two terms that I didn't necessarily um, relate to, like, my experience being in Canada. I always thought that that was um, something that 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 uh, we didn't necessarily need to face because Canada has this mythology of of being progressive because we, like, got rid of the tampon tax in 2015. And and just a lot of other things, which is absolutely not the case. Um, and so I think that a lot of people, this is kind of a side tangent, a lot of people think that um, period poverty and stigma aren't necessarily issues in Canada as much as they are, even in the States, as well as other countries. Um, mm-hmm. But one in three women under the age of 25 struggle to afford period products in Canada. And it was that statistic wow. that really like woke me up. Um, and I realized that this involved with um and this was March of um and I I realized that um once once I gotten sent home from school because of 
COVID yes. that I would have a bit of extra time on my hands to put towards something that, um, that I could. Yeah. Wow. So how did you first find that statistic? Like when, where did you see that and like inspire you to do something about it? One in 25. Um, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, it was a plan. It's a plan Canada statistic. And it was after I watched the documentary period end of sentence, mm -hmm. um, that I like wanted to learn more about what period poverty was. Um, and so I just did some research on my own and found all of these statistics and was like, Oh my God. Wow. And yeah. for our listeners, can you explain a little bit about what period poverty is? Period poverty basically refers to a lack of access to um, like attaining period products, um, specifically like preferred period products of, you know, there's a variety of pads, tampons, as well as menstrual cups and period underwear, that sort of thing. Um, and also uh, access to information about um, how to have like a safe and healthy period. Mm -hmm. Thank, thank you. And so you started Bleed the North. Um, can you talk a little bit about starting it and what exactly is Bleed the North? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, first of all, just some context. Bleed the North is, uh, it's a nonprofit. We're committed to ending period poverty and stigma in Ontario in particular. Um, we're made up of roughly 70 um, youth members. So all of us are high school and university students um, who have come together over the past two years uh, to hopefully, you know, tackle these issues of period poverty and stigma. And so we do that um, through uh, advocating for menstrual legislation and change, um, educating people about period poverty and stigma, and also actually donating period products to folks who need them. So we have um, our service team who has donated copious amounts over 60,000 period products since our inception to um, community members and people in need across the province. So that's a little bit about Bleed the North and starting it. Um, I, like I said, I started it last March. So we're coming up to two years, which is wow. really exciting. Um, and that's odd for me to say, because I genuinely expected Bleed the North to be a two week project while I was sent home from school because of COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and then it kind of really amassed into uh, like a, a huge audience of followers, people who at the time thinking back to when, you know, toilet paper was being stockpiled and, and nobody knew what was going on um, and everybody was at home. I think folks just wanted something to get involved with so that they could feel like they were making a change and feel like they were doing something to contribute to, to whatever this pandemic, you know, was. was. And so um, we had a lot of folks at, at the very onset, you know, wanting to get involved. And, and I think that Bleed the North was able to help provide people an opportunity to help their community. Wow, that's amazing. I can't believe you have 70 volunteers and you said over 60,000 um, period products that you've distributed. That's incredible in two years. Thank you. Thank you. So we've got to stop and talk about our sponsor, Jubilance for PMS. It's a daily supplement that helps you be you. Jubilance is an over-the-counter nutritional supplement shown in clinical trials to relieve the emotional symptoms of PMS. That means less stress, anxiety, and more of getting back to your life. You deserve to be your best self all month long. And thanks to modern science, PMS is now optional. It's the first and only product for emotional PMS backed by real science with double-blind, placebo-controlled, peer-reviewed studies. And it works. I work for Jubilance because I'm here to help women, and this is the real deal. Jubilance isn't just a product. It's a global mission to make PMS mood swings a thing of the past. 
The Jubilant Sisterhood is a movement of thousands of strong women escaping the PMS struggle with science, sharing, and communal support. We're here for you each week with stories of amazing women, your weekly playlist on Spotify, and for you to dish and cry about periods on our Facebook group. So why not give Jubilance a try? Go to www.jubilance.com to learn more. Yeah, and actually one really exciting thing that we um, just did, literally wrapped it up last night, is we partnered with um, a business partner in um, Estonia and Ukraine to send period products to refugees um, in the Ukraine who are currently obviously undergoing tremendous strife and and yeah. we yeah a lot of folks haven't necessarily thought about the impact of period poverty um, you know in in the context of the Ukraine crisis that's going on right now mm-hmm. um, and so we wanted to to support that and so we hosted a fundraiser over the last week um, and ended up sending almost 9,000 period products, um, which have been matched by a business partner. So a total of 17,820 period products are being sent to um, sent to Ukraine to support menstruators like on the ground. So that's been a super exciting thing that we, we just finished up. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Because I know that like when people think about donations and donating, it's money, it's food, it's shelter, it's like blankets and stuff. But people don't generally think about like, women's bodies and menstruation. So that's yeah. so admirable and amazing that you guys can um, can bring those to the Ukraine or and bring those to your community as well um, for yeah. the people that need it. I think the thing, the thing with period activism and, and with the work that Believe the North does is um, it's already very stigmatized. Like it's, it's already not something that folks wanna talk about. And people who are experiencing period poverty are also experiencing houselessness and and like other factors which are contributing to their um, positionality and their experience and there's so many factors that um that menstruation is often missed and because it's shrouded in such stigma it's so much more difficult to combat and so i think that Mm -hmm. that's why uh, the work that other menstrual justice orgs and the bleed the north is doing is so important Mm -hmm. that's what we're trying to do too is just to create a platform for people to talk about menstruation because as you said it has such stigma it has a taboo behind it but if we're able to talk about it and get people to hear about like what other people are doing, what even is period poverty? Because a lot of people don't know, um, then sure. we can begin to make a difference about it. Yeah. And that's just as important. Like, that's the thing is, is people often ask about like what it takes to be a period act advocate or like what what kind of advice I would give. And honestly, like period activism is not just being involved with organizations like Bleed the North and doing what I do. It's talking about your period to your younger brother and, Mm -hmm. you know, offering a tampon to someone who needs it in the school bathroom, right? Like that is period activism. Um, And it starts with conversations like these. Yeah, I remember. um, So in in my graduate school class, I brought in a tampon um, for a prop for some theater thing because I'm a theater director at points and awesome. um, yeah but I brought it in and this male professor just like looked at it and was like what is this thing and I opened it up and like took it apart and he had never seen that before and he was so intrigued and interested um but but I think like what you're saying about just telling your little brother, telling like your male friends or telling anyone on the street about what this is and how like a woman's body works. 
um, because we're learning about the opposite sex. So they should too. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I like can recall specific conversations with my dad in terms of he has just mentioned, you know, how much he's learned about all of this since I started. I remember when I got my period, I did not want my dad to know. I didn't, I didn't necessarily want that to be a conversation. Um, and he has said to me that through my experience with Blue the North, he's learned so much more about what menstruation is and how it impacts menstruators. And I've, you know, kind of tried to explain even a lot of the nuanced things. And mm -hmm. now he's definitely very woke, which is amazing. But I remember him telling me the story of about my grandpa when he was a teacher, that there was a tampon on the ground and they evacuated the classroom because they thought it was like, he thought it was like a bomb like he didn't know what it was and oh, no. this is yeah his his like um one of the a fellow teacher of his luckily my grandpa knew better than that I think at the time but a fellow teacher of his saw that and thought it evacuated the class because he thought that it was uh you know he didn't necessarily this was um very strange object to him um and I just think that that's a testament to the fact that like there's so little education about this. Obviously this was back then, but I don't think it's so far as to say that a lot of people don't know the intricacies of period products and of periods in general, unless you experience it directly, mm -hmm. let alone the issues of period poverty and period stigma. Yeah, that's so true. So I work for a company called Jubilance for PMS and we have a period product that um, is for the emotional side. So like stress, anxiety, irritability, and gloominess. But that's something that no one wants to talk about or even acknowledge like, oh, I'm PMSing. But there's a way that we can create space to even talk about like what we're going on like outside of just bleeding. I love that. I really, really love that. I think that that's definitely something that is rarely talked about and also is so trivialized. Um, like everything in terms of, you know, emotions and experiences, lived experiences is almost never really given very much value. And I think that it holds so much merit and, and is an absolute valid experience as a part of menstruation is, is what you're feeling mentally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. I know I'm always like, where is my chocolate? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and exactly. Then, and then I realized the next day I'm like, Oh, this is why I was like crying <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Exactly. It impacts like real, you know, real events and experiences. It's it's definitely like something that needs to be considered and isn't something that can just be pushed off as I'm PMSing or, oh, it's that time of the month. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, yeah, definitely. Which is why it's so good to get to talk about it. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. And can you talk about um, what is something unexpected that you've learned from starting Bleed the North, from working with different consumers who are who are getting these products um what what has been the most surprising takeaway you know what as much as we've talked about how folks have um there's like a definite gap in in terms of learning and how a lot of people still have a long way to go I was surprised at the amount of support that I got from people from all walks of life and I think that that is something that's also very unique with the issue of uh, menstrual activism is that um, as soon as people learn about it, they're like, oh, yeah, obviously, like, I can't believe that that is even a thing. Like what? Like, I um, have been involved in a number of, of different like political groups. And so I, you know, talk to a lot of folks from from um, various uh, political backgrounds that don't necessarily align with mine. Um, and I have been amazed at just like the nonpartisanship 
of the issue that people, no matter, you know, what they believe have been very supportive of bleed the North and of ending period poverty and period stigma. Um, and that's something that I didn't necessarily anticipate. And even like, it's been very easy having conversations with older folks, um, religious and non-religious folks, um, like people of different, you know, gender identities, everything um, have for the most part, once they've learned about what Believe the North does been incredibly um, supportive and, and willing to like help. Wow, that's amazing, Isabella. And uh, so fascinating. I wonder if that would be the same case in America. I'm not sure. Um, but I'd love to find out. I would love to find out. And that's why it takes like, you know, people listening to this and learning about period poverty and period stigma to kind of get out there and talk more and see if, see if um, people are as willing to learn as, as they are up north. Yeah, yeah up north. <laughs> <laughs> so what is next for Bleed the North? You know what, like I, um, I would first of all love to see the organization go national. Um, we have been uh, working on making sure that obviously we want to make sure before we expand that um, the folks that we originally aim to to reach have been, you know, we're able to continue servicing them. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, uh, period poverty and period stigma um, exist everywhere. And so that's something that we want to focus on. Um, obviously, there's like very rural um, communities in, in like Northern Canada and in other um, locations, other provinces. And so that's something that we want to kind of um, be able to tackle with respect to those communities, especially um, Indigenous folks. Um, and so that that's something that we're kind of working on and, and really want to make sure that we get right. Um, but we also host a number of different events and, and um, things like, for example, we have our menstrual health day event coming up in May. Um, so there's always things going on and I'm super excited to see what the team um, gets up to this year because I can just imagine this is kind of now our um, coming up to our third year, full year of, of service. And so I can't wait to see what we get up to. Amazing. Yes. You guys have so much going on, which is awesome. And I want to see this go national too. So I'll keep following <laughs> along and see what happens. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. The people are busy. I like, I truly say like, um, you know, without every single volunteer, we would not be nearly where we are today. Mm-hmm. Um, they are all so incredibly inspiring and so motivational that that um that I don't see how anybody can look at any one of them and and be like amazed and want to get involved in some way that's wonderful it it takes a village right so absolutely it really does it really really does amazing um and Isabella something we always ask on this podcast is what is your definition of womanhood hmm interesting I think that um I think that very often as like a young female founder I have found myself in situations where my youth as well as my femininity have been um seen as like negative traits or or have have kind of been used against me um, I can think of in particular, there's there's one situation where I was trying to open a bank account for the organization, like very early in, in the inception of Lee the North. And um, like all the questions were posed at my father and were just dripping in misogyny and 
were just <laughs> very trivializing and, and uh, like very, um, very like offensive. And that experience, I, I remember leaving it feeling very worn down um, just in terms of, of kind of, that was one of many experiences where as a young female founder, I realized that I was going to not necessarily be given the same opportunities and same respect as I would if I was older or if I wasn't necessarily a woman. And at first that was very um, difficult for me to, to kind of wrap my head around. But I think that um, since then I realized that it is those things. It is me being young and me being a, a woman that has allowed me to get to where I am today and um, and and has like kind of allowed Bleed the North to become what it is. Um, Bleed the North is is uh, definitely predominantly filled with young women. There's also folks of other gender identities who have been doing so much for for the menstrual movement and who I want to acknowledge like. Um, not all women are menstruators and not all menstruators are women. So like to a certain extent, you know, we really try and um, and broaden the definition of of like menstruation and womanhood at Bleed the North. But I can say that personally, um, it is the traits that are feminine and that have been so often used against me, like in that situation that I am I, I like draw strength from in times of, of need and in times where I'm struggling, like mm -hmm. empathy and compassion and, and being able to listen and, and all those sort of things. That is what is most strong about me. And that is what um, folks may see as a downfall, but I see as a strength. And I hope that, that um, everybody is able to kind of like take those experiences that they may have, uh, you know, felt less than and turn it into something that is, that is a source of power. Oh my God, Isabella, it doesn't get better when you're older and uh, still a woman anyway. <laughs> I have definitely had those conversations and I am much older than you um, and they have continued. Those people don't change, but drawing that strength that you're talking about and just pushing past it and like finding that inner femininity, whether you're identify as a woman or, or a different gender identity, I think is so sure. important, like you're saying. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Unfortunate that it doesn't end, but I guess that's also um, kind of a source of solidarity. I, I find mm -hmm. everybody who who uh, has experienced those things is kind of able to to take that and build a build a community around them. Yeah, un unfortunately, that is true. But but it is it does bond us, yes. like you said, like a community. There's all you can always turn to another woman and be like, oh my god. <laughs> Absolutely. And same with menstruation to a certain extent. I feel like everybody bonds over like their first period story or their most embarrassing period story. And there's something beautiful in that, I think. Yeah, it is great to hear. I love asking my friends, like, tell me your first period story. Or yeah, your exactly. One. <laughs> exactly. Oh, I've had so many. I feel like every time it's like a really bad story. <laughs> It's true. It's unfortunate, but maybe because the the folks that have decent enough period stories don't necessarily want to um, come out and share them. Yeah, that it's, that's true. It's, when it's good, it's good. There's not much to say. Yeah. And Isabella, how can people find out about Bleed the North, and how can they get involved and stay um, stay hearing about your organization? 
Absolutely. So I think the main way that that um, folks are able to follow along with uh, Leave the North's journey and what we're doing next and see how you can support us is through our social media, which is at Bleed the North across all channels. Um, it's there that we post all of our updates um, in terms of fundraising and becoming a volunteer for us and, and kind of just being able to, you know, participate in, in the events and initiatives that we're working on. So I would say definitely um, check out our Instagram and on our Instagram, all of the other resources like our website. Um, we also have, you know, various forms where if you're in need of period products and if you live in Ontario, you can reach out. Um, those are all linked on, on our Instagram. Amazing, Isabella. Thank you so much for being on today. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This was such a lovely conversation and I had so much fun. Thanks for listening to Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. If you like the podcast, please review us on iTunes. It really does help. And if you want to take advantage of our special offer to help your PMS turn from stressful to nonchalant, Use the promo code WEEKLYWOMAN with no space in between the two words at jubilance.com. Again, the promo code is WEEKLYWOMAN. Thanks for listening and see you next time.